0: Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a a biblical biblical context. context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you have decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about God's Word Has Power. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles. You're going to want to take some notes because I have some things to share with you. So if you've been saved any length of time, you know that God's word really does have power. And you've heard it said before that one word from God can change your life. And it is really true. So I have three areas that I wanna help you today and convince you really that the word of God has power. And so we're gonna talk about benefits of memorizing scripture, when to memorize scripture, and how to memorize scripture. Obviously, this podcast is dedicated to teaching you some principles to help you be strategic in building your life. And as far as I'm concerned, the Word of God is numero uno in terms of you building your life skillfully, strategically, because the Word of God has power. Now, when I was thinking about what I would say to you today on this particular show, I went all the way back into my childhood because people asked me, you know, when did you know you would be a pastor? And obviously, as a kid, I didn't know it wasn't something that I sought out to do. It wasn't something that I wanted to be. It wasn't anything on my list. But because God's word has power, it has the ability to change the course of your direction. It gives you purpose. It gives you destiny. It gives you hope. Like I said, his word can really change the very trajectory of your life. And I grew up in Canton, Ohio, and the church that I went to at that time was Antioch Missionary Baptist Church. And it was really a great church, and it really gave me my biblical foundation. And they had a particular youth group, disciples club called the Awana Club, and it stood for Approved Workers Are Not Ashamed, and the Scripture Foundation is 2 Timothy 2.15, and you can read it, it an opportunity to really understand what that verse of Scripture says. But it was really good for me as a kid because it was like the boys... And Girl Scouts, they had a uniform you had to wear, you had to bring a booklet with you in terms of the different things that they would talk to you about with the scripture and Bible characters and stories. And the first half of the night was dedicated to the word of God, to the scripture. And the second half of the night was dedicated to activities and relay races and dodgeball and different things. I'm telling you, it was a great time. And as I reflect on that, it was really good in terms of you inviting your friends because there would be things that you know kids love to do. But the first part of it in terms of just hearing the teacher talk about the Word of God and different stories, and then at the end of that class before we would go out and do the fun activities and things of that nature, you had to recite the scripture. You had to stand up and you had to say it from memory. And that's where I excelled. I absolutely loved it because, again, every time you would get the scripture right, you would get... You know, medals, you would get things that you could put on your shirt to signify that you are growing in the things of God. You know, you had all kind of little bars with different colors on it, you know, saying that you passed this lesson or that lesson. I'm telling you, it was really great. And that was the impetus for why I am who I am today. It was part of the reason because that was where I began to love God. God's word. And I know it sounds a little corny, but the reality is, It's something about the Word of God when you can get it at an early age. It just begins to help you find out who you are, really what your interests are. It really helps you with you. And so it's a slow process because those days became weeks. Those weeks became months and those months became years. And I'm telling you, when I look back on it, I really see how God was really moving me and changing me and helping me with decision making as I became a teenager and different things like that. And it was the wanna Club. It was just the ability to be around not only kids who had some same interests as I did, but the adults who really loved on us and supported us because they realize, too, that God's word has power. So I don't want you to dummy down youth group and disciple group because you don't hear a lot about those things today. But people need to be discipled. Jesus talked about it. You can read about certain things in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John about, you know, how Jesus trained his disciples and how he made them uh, who they potentially were in the scripture and and what we see about them when we read a particular passage of Scripture, disciples have to be made. And what was done then needs to be emphasized now. So if you are struggling with the Word of God, you need a pastor. You need a mentor. You need someone who will hold your hand and show you the benefits of God's Word and the benefits of memorizing Scripture and how to do it. And so I want to use this show today to be able to convince you and push you to really understand how the power of God's word can change your life. Now, I want to give you Romans chapter 10, verse number 17. This is a familiar passage of scripture. You've heard it many times, but I want to unpack it very quickly to help you see some things. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, notice what it says. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm going to say it to you again. So then faith cometh by hearing. So faith is coming, but you got to hear something to have faith. And hearing, which means that you have to hear it more than once, it comes by the word of God. And so many times people are sitting up in church, they are listening to the preacher, but they have no faith to connect with what he's saying. And if you don't have any faith to connect with the word of God, it can't help you. But if you activate your faith when that preacher is teaching or preaching the word of God and you mix that word with expectation in faith that that word is going to do something in your life. That's where the magic begins. That's where change begins. That's when you begin to get introduced to God. There's no way really to get introduced to God unless you get introduced to his word, because God and his word are the same thing. And so our faith is very key. Without faith, it's impossible for us to please God. And so we've got to really get this in our mind, in our heart, because there are a lot of people that say the word of God don't work. And I laugh at them. What are you talking about the word don't work? It doesn't work if you don't have faith. It doesn't work if you don't believe. So you've got to read this word of God, this Bible, not like you would a magazine. You've got to read it like this is actually God's word to you because it is. And so I want you to see this differently when you are in church. I want you to see it differently when you are at your coffee table. This is God talking to you, but your faith and expectation has got to be there. If you don't believe that God's word has power, if you don't believe he's talking to you, if you don't believe these promises are not for you, it was just for those in the Bible but not for you. You'll never see manifestation. You'll never see signs, wonders, miracles. You'll never see what God wants you to see and things will not be clear for you. And so I want you to begin to release your faith and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you through God's word. Because again, the word of God is like a seed. You cannot sit under good word and not change. The only way you can is if you're just sitting there and letting the words go in one ear and out of the other. But anybody that will tell you that understands how this process begins, they'll help you to see that you've got to be activated in faith, mix it with faith. Faith and let there be some expectation. You got to want to receive. You got to want to believe. If you don't want to, this book is just like any other book. It has no power, no benefit for you. But I'm telling you, things will change for you when you begin to expect something. So, what are you expecting today? If you have no expectation, this is going to be the same day it was yesterday, the day before, a year ago. But when you really understand that when you are reading your word, it's your word to you. The Bible is just not about Jesus. It's about you. It's about what he came to do for you. It's about showing you who you are, what you can be, what you can do, and what you can have. All right. So let's start here. The benefits of memorizing scripture. And I got about five of these. So if you can write them down. Number one, it helps me resist temptation. That's the benefit of memorizing scripture. You got some temptation that you're dealing with? Is going to help you resist it because you need a change of mind. When we're being tempted in any situation, we need another word to get us off of the temptation that we so seemingly are surrounded by. Notice what the scripture says in Psalms 119 and 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So where does the word need to go? In my heart. It goes into the secret place. It goes, activates in that place. See, the heart is a powerful thing. And when we see that word in our heart, it's the seat of our emotions. So the word of God can change your emotional ability. For some of you that are dealing with emotions and always dealing in your feelings, trust me, the word of God is going to temper that. It's going to help you to see things the right way. And you'll find out whatever temptation that you're dealing with, there's a way of escape. And the word of God is like a door opened up to get you into the next season out of that temptation for your life. Number two, it helps me to make decisions, not just any decisions, but wise decisions, because there's wisdom in the Word of God. That's a benefit there. People don't understand. They are trying to find out what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? Who am I supposed to be hooked up with? The Word of God tells you It's got it in his word. Notice in Psalms 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my pathway. Notice that God's word is a lamp. Lamps are good because it gives you direction. As a matter of fact, when you're holding a lamp, you hold it out in front of you. So it shows you the next step. It shows you where you need to place your feet. Are you in a situation where you just don't know where to place your next steps? You don't know which way to go. You don't know what to do. There are a lot of people that have no direction. And I'm telling you that God's word can be that guide for you. And it's a light on your pathway. So everything begins to be lighted up, as it were, when you are walking in the will and the purpose and the plan of God for your life. Number three, it strengthens me when I'm under stress. Are you under stress? Most of the people in the world, they're under stress if you are yourself up about it. But the benefit of memorizing the scripture is that it's going to help you with your stress level. See, when you got a word that you've been reading and meditating on, it counteracts stress. Because it tells you what God is going to do for you. And when you get wrapped up in what God says he's going to do for you, it changes your stress level. The thing is lifted. The burden is removed. The yoke is destroyed. You got joy. You feel good. You feel better. The word of God is medicine for your soul. So I want you to take a dose of it every day like you do your vitamins like you do. If you're on prescription meds, you need to take a dose of the word of God. Notice in Psalms 119 49, the living Bible says, your promises to me are my hope. That's powerful. They give me strength in my troubles, how they refresh and revive me that's a great benefit, man. They refresh and revive me. We need to get in our word. We need to begin to get this word sown in our heart, sauteed in our life, massaged in our spirit, man, so that we can be revived, so we can have hope. If you don't have hope, you got nothing. If you don't have hope, things are never going to change for you. But when you have hope, things are going to seem different for you because you got something from the word of God that lets you know that he's on your side, that he's watching out for you. He's looking out for you. And it's nothing like being revived. It's nothing like being filled. There's nothing like having a good and a great perspective about things are changing for me right now. As a matter of fact, I want you to say that things are changing for me right now. They are. How How do you know that? Because I say that they are. There's that faith again. If you don't have faith to know that things are changing for you now, they won't change. But I rose to tell you that things are changing for you right now because of the power of God's word. Point number four, it comforts me when I'm sad. That's one of the greatest things that the word of God can do for you is to provide comfort. There's some things in our life that we don't understand. There's some things in our life that really makes us frustrated. One of them for me is death because death brings so much coldness So much finality. You know, you got to go through the seasons of grief and different things of that nature. But one of the things about death, it can be a good thing if you know where you're going. It can be a good thing when you know what the word of God says about it. And that's what I love about God's word. Something seemingly as miserable as death can be hopeful for you and change your mind and cheer you up. When you are sad because you know where a certain family member is, you know where you're going to go when you die because it helps you to realize there's more. There's something on the other side of death and pain and sorrow, and that's eternal life. But you wouldn't know that if you didn't get in your word. You would know that if you didn't understand what God's word has to say to you in times of comfort or in times of a sadness, in times of sickness and disease. You can really understand that God is your healer, your deliverer, your waymaker, maker, your heavy load sharer, your burden bearer, your heart fixer, your mind regulator. I mean, you can just start rattling off all of these things that God said. He would be to you. Now, in Jeremiah, chapter number 15, verse number 16 reads like this. Your words are what sustains me. Oh, that's powerful. You ever needed to be sustained because you were rocking and reeling in your emotions? But your words, notice how the writer made it personal. Your words are what sustained me. They bring joy to my sorrowing heart and delight me. That's what God's Word can do for you. It will bring you some joy. Jesus, others, and yourself. That's my acronym for joy. Jesus is first, others, and then you. Everybody is complete in your joy because we need Jesus, we need others, and you need yourself. And so when you really get this thing right in your heart, and again, this word perspective, because we need it, because we lack perspective, because we don't have God's word in our life. So I want to challenge you to get another perspective. And these are the benefits of having God's word. And finally, number five, it helps me witness to unbelievers. You know, as a pastor, I lament the fact many times that when members come to me and say, Pastor, I just don't know how to reach people for Christ. I just don't know. And I always ask them, are you in your Bible? Because if you're not confident in what to say to people, you'll never say anything to them. And we make witnessing hard, but we don't have problems telling them about shoes, shirts, clothes, places to eat, or sports places to go to. We can rattle that off. But when it comes to witnessing to people, the enemy got in our head that we don't know enough scripture. You can rock one scripture in your heart and win somebody to Jesus if you really will begin to get in God's word, it will help you to witness. Nobody's asking you to be a theologian. Nobody's asking you to be a bishop. Nobody's asking you to be a part of the fivefold ministry gift. What we're asking for you to do is to share your faith. Has God done something for you? Has he made a way for you? Do you remember a time where you were in a place where you didn't know what to do and God's word brought you out? If you do share that with somebody, you got enough right now to share your faith with somebody based on what God has already done for you. So stop making this difficult. Stop making this some kind of science project and begin to write down some things you know God's word has said to you when you know it and when you're living it. People will come to you and they'll ask you, hey, there's something different about you. And then that's a door that can be opened up where you can share your faith. Notice what the scripture says in 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. Do you know what that really means? The Bible says always be prepared. If you got hope, you ought to be able to tell people why you got it if you got peace, you ought to be able to tell the people around you why you got it. If you still holding on it, you're not discouraged. You ought to be able to tell somebody why you have it, right? And this is what is missing. We say we got something, but we can't tell anybody how we got it. I, rose to tell you, you don't have it. If you can't tell me how you got it, you don't have it. So we've got to be able to give a reason and an answer for the hope that lies within us. Now, let me talk quickly about when to memorize scripture. I've got about four things I want to share with you, so write them down if you can. Number one, during your quiet time. You should have some quiet time. That's a good time to memorize a verse of scripture. It's a good time to meditate to muse upon the word of God during your quiet time. We do all kinds of things in our quiet time. We do this, we do that. But I'm telling you, that's what you should be doing in your quiet time, memorizing a verse of scripture. Number two, you can do it while you're exercising. So you can incorporate God's word while you're exercising, while you're jogging, while you're running. You can do two things at one time. You can think about God's word. We think about Grocery shopping. We think about a joke somebody told us. We're thinking about what we're going to eat tonight. We think about where we're going to go next week. So don't tell me you can't incorporate God's word and memorize a passage of scripture while you're exercising. Number three, in your spare moments while you're waiting. Maybe you're at the doctor's office, you dropped your child off at the dentist. Maybe you are somewhere where you're waiting to pick up a friend and you're sitting in the car. Use every moment to get stronger in your faith. Use every moment to get close to God. I often say this, you are as close to God as you want to be. And we don't understand moments and opportunities that we waste. We're just sitting there waiting for somebody so we can take them home or, or waiting for a package or wherever we may be, this is a kadash moment, a moment in time where you can take a moment and muse upon God's word and build your inner faith, build your heart, seed yourself with the word of God. And number four, this is a really powerful time, at bedtime. Put the word of God on. Listen to it. Let it get in your subconscious. Before you hit the pillow, pull out that passage of scripture and take your dose of medicine before you sleep. Because one of the things about when we are sleeping, our body physically is being prepared for the next day, is being healed, really, because we're asleep. We're not moving. We're not anywhere shaking and baking throughout the day. We're just still in our sleep and God is working on you in your night season while you are resting. And so at night is a really good opportunity for you to begin to get that word in your heart. So that's when to memorize scripture. And finally, how do I do it, Pastor? How do I memorize scripture? I've got about seven things that I want you to write down if you can to help you to understand how you need to do it. Since God's word has power and it can change your life, you got to get into the hows, the mechanics. Number one, I want you to start picking a verse that speaks to you. That's how I began to do it. In Awana, that's how I began to do it. In my teenage years, that's how I began to do it. In my 20s, my 30s, into my 40s now, that's how I was able to do it. I picked a verse that would minister to me verses that minister to you you can hold on to you can retain and there's 66 books of promise right 39 in the old 27 in the new that comprises of 66 books of promises in the word of god you can't tell me there's not a bible verse in there that speaks to you so a verse of scripture that speaks to you i want you to begin to start quoting that scripture get it in your heart all right number 2 read the verse aloud many times and record it. All right. So read it over and over again. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. How was I able to do it? Because I read the verse aloud. It's something about reading the word of God aloud. You can retain it and then record it we record everything else. We record this, we record that. We use our phones for this and that. Use your phone and record yourself speaking the Word of God and play it back. That way you can hear yourself say the Scripture. You can hear the confidence you have or you don't have while you're reading. You'll be surprised about how you sound when you read the Word of God. So take that passage and read it aloud. Number three emphasize key words when quoting the verse. So let's use John three sixteen, at least a part of it. So for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So when we emphasize key words, we'll say it like this, for God so loved the world. Did you see how I emphasize different words in that particular passage? Because that will begin to stick with you. And as you begin to do it over and over again, you'll build what is called muscle memory when you're reading the word of God. So emphasize key words while you're quoting it. And again, you'll be surprised in just a few days, maybe in a few hours, you'll begin to start retaining the very verse that you emphasized. Number four. Here's a good one. Write down the verse and erase it a word at a time. So write down John 3:16 and then write it down and then erase a word and then read the next word and erase it and read the next word and erase it and then you'll erase part of that scripture, and then write it down and see if you can remember what you erased. That's a good way to do it. We did this stuff in school, man. When you had vocabulary tests, your teacher would say, write down a word 10 times and then put it in a sentence and then erase it. We did these things, but we don't think they work for the word of God, but they do. These are just simple things you can do if you really serious about memorizing scripture. If you're really serious about getting the word of God in your heart, that's a way that you can do it. So write down that verse and erase a word at a time. I'm telling you, it'll work for you. Number five, write out the verse on a flashcard. Here I go again. We did this stuff in school. If you had a test, and the teacher said, hey, you got a vocab test. You got to define words, whatever the case may be. What did they tell you to do? Make a flashcard. Did it in college. Did it in grade school. Put it on a flashcard. I'm telling you, it will work for you. Put the verse on one side. You can put John 3.16 on one side and then the actual verse on the other side of the card and flip it over and see how much of it you know. You know how to do this, man. You just got to put it in to practice. Point number six, put the verse to music. Write a song. I know you might think this is corny, but what you think rappers do? Rappers you grew up liking, listening to music, how you think they memorize things? They put it to music. I've watched documentaries about how certain rap artists come up with their verses, come up with music, come up with different things, and they're doing what you might think is corny and they make it millions, and here you are being broke in your spirit. Because the Word of God can make you rich if you are willing to put these things into practice. So listen, man, put that verse to some music. Have some fun with this. God ain't gonna be mad with you because you putting a verse, a song to music because he knows you're interested in learning more about him. We we see artists who uh, write music and they got the scriptures and they put it to music. Why can't you do the same? Be creative with this. Again, you are as close to God as you want to be. Let's do all that we can to memorize a scripture, and I'm telling you, you'll be singing the word of God. Hey man, you might be rapping the word of God, but more than anything else, you'll be living the word of God. And that's where the power is. And my last point, point number seven, get a partner so you can check in on each other. Get somebody accountable. Take this journey with your husband or your wife or a best friend or an uncle, or an aunt, they want to get to know God's word, let them hear this podcast and say, hey, you know what? We're going to be each other's partner. We're going to check in on each other. We're going to hold each other accountable and responsible. Watch this. You can start out something like, what's the verse of a scripture today? What's the word for the day? And you can give them a word for the day and say, hey, this is going to be our verse of scripture for today. And we're going to memorize this verse and we're going to talk about it throughout the day on a text message when we can talk at lunch, whatever the case may be. But we're going to make a concerted effort to be hooked up together so we can learn these verses of Scripture and play a game with it. Whatever you got to do, whatever creative way that the Holy Spirit is going to give this to you, I just gave you just seven uh, ways that you can memorize a verse. There's more than that. But these are just seven that I have found that do work. So I don't know what your list might be. Maybe you got number eight. Maybe you got number nine. Maybe there's 10 ways for you. Maybe there's two ways for you. But I want you to begin and start the process today. Don't wait another second, another moment, another minute. Do it now. Faith is now. Now faith. Huh? When faith is coming, we need to operate in it right now. And when you do these things, I'm telling you, they're going to change your life. You're going to be more happy. You're going to have more joy, more peace, more confidence in God. You're just not going to say, I don't know how God is going to do it. No, the word of God, you're going to quote that scripture. Verse by verse, and you're gonna sense his presence. You're gonna sense his energy. You're gonna sense the Holy Spirit backing you and convicting you and giving you confidence that you know your Redeemer lives because he lives on the inside of you. Well, that's all that I have for you today. I pray that this was a blessing to you. God's Word definitely has power. So I want you to go back over these the benefits of memorizing Scripture when to memorize a verse and how to memorize a verse. And when you do these things, let me know how things are going for you. You can send me an email at info at You can always go to my website at thomasadeloach.com on the homepage. I want you to put your email in there because this is going to be the year that I'm going to be sending you some newsletter e-blasts, some things that will encourage you. So get on my list so that I can start shooting out those things to you to help you to be empowered by the word of God. Do it today. Also on that home screen, if you will scroll all the way down to the bottom of the screen, I'm looking for financial partners who believe in to empower you, who believe in the message that I've been giving to you. Many of you have said to me, you're being blessed. Take that next step and financially partner with me. No dollar amount is too big or too small. You can click the donation tab and do it today. And I promise you, God will be well pleased because we're sowing seed into what we believe. There are so many more people I want to reach, but it takes money to do that. And so if you're one of those people and you're convicted that you want to take the next step, I want you to do that right now. Do it today and help me to continue to empower those in the Word of God. Listen, I'm praying for you always, believing God's best for you. Go out there and make something happen. And until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show, To Empower You. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer request, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be Be empowered.